In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Chris Packer, the founder of whatismyipaddress.com. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 15. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the podcast that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulaski. I'm here today with Chris Parker, the founder of What's My, What Is My IP Address.com. Chris, Chris is a fa- the founder of What's My IP Address, one of the top 3,000 websites in the U.S. What Is My IP Address gets about 6 million visitors per month, which Chris has used to make a full-time income using affiliate sales. So I wanted to bring Chris on the podcast today to talk a bit more about this. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Hey, Charles. Doing great. Thank you. Yeah, great to have you on. So I wanted to kind of talk about your uh, career and your past and going from, I know you started in you know, typical e-commerce, and then you kind of moved to um, starting the site, and then from there, you've been using the site um, and moved to an affiliate model. So it's kind of, it's actually reverse what you hear a lot of people going from affiliate sales to e-commerce sales. So it's pretty interesting. I wanted to kind of talk more about that. Sure. I'd love to talk about it. I uh, started back in the uh, late 90s working for an online catalog retailer, uh, Club Mac, as uh, most uh, elderly Mac people will remember. (laughs) Uh, It predates a lot of people on the show, I'm sure, but it uh, was a great experience working in sales there. And uh, with the advent of the internet, uh, we uh, put up together an online store, and I got to be able to uh, help with that both on the web development side as well as on the, the affiliate management side, so being on the flip side, um, but being able to uh, monitor the, those, on, those uh, online orders, watch out for fraud, making sure everything was shipping, and dealing with a lot of customer service questions. So you were the one then on that side receiving the orders from the different retailers? Um, no, I was actually we were we were the retailer receiving oh. the orders from the customers. From the customers, got it. Okay. Yep. Okay. So t- typical, typical uh, e-com. What what is today a very typical e-commerce business? Yep. Um, it was it was really pretty exciting, uh, interesting time. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to do on my own during that time was uh, kind of dabble at my own e-commerce. And so I started a website called uh, DiscountBibles.com. And so help people find a, a Bible that they were looking for and uh, ship it out to them. I like how it's you discount know. Bibles as well, not just, yeah. yeah. You can't sell anything at full price. <laughs> you need to buy Bibles at a discount, okay. Exactly. So I was, I was, competing, I was competing with Amazon yep. at the early days. Um, one, of the, one of the interesting things about that was I was trying to do this while working a full-time job. Hmm. So it was uh, letting, the, letting those uh, few orders come in during the day. At night, I have to place my order with the distributor. At lunch the next day, pick them up from where they were getting shipped to. The next night, scramble and box them up. The next day at lunch, take them to the post office or FedEx or UPS. And uh, that was my routine for about two years. Hmm. And back in the day, it was people forget how manual some of these steps were. And even printing labels and some of these things were just, it was very laborious. It, it, every credit card had to yep. be, there was almost no automation. Every credit card had to be manually typed in, yep. manually run through the credit card processing software. Every Bible had to be individually boxed and sealed by me in my living room. Wow. And how many, as far as volume of orders, how many, you have any memory of what you were getting? 
Uh, at at the peak, um, the the last year that I ran it, I think it was about two hundred orders uh, the last month. Yep. So it was about ten about ten orders a day, yep. ten to fifteen orders a day. Uh, so it uh, it was not just a, a five minutes here, a five minutes there. It was a couple hours boxing stuff up, a couple hours putting stuff together. It became uh, a second full time occupation, and uh, unfortunately, the order sizes were. Five dollars, ten dollars, and twenty dollars. You typically don't, you know, buy five Bibles at once, but uh, definitely not. Most yeah. people did. Ho- hopefully, not many people were returning them. So at least on that side, uh, there unfortunately were routine were were return uh, <laughs> were returns. That's hard to say. And you know that was a whole hassle. Now I pick them back up. Okay, are they in good enough condition that I can resell them again, yep. or do I have to send them back, or is it just inventory shrinkage and I got to toss it or? Uh, donate it to someone else who might uh, use it for free. Yep. Okay, so that was kind of, and that now we're in early 2000s? Yep, that was in our early 2000s. Um, and it, honestly, it just got to be too much for me to be able to manage this. Uh, there's there's, there's got to be a better way to do this. This is, I, I can't scale this up. I, it's not enough money to quit my day job. It's it's not making enough money that it's a, making a significant difference to my lifestyle. Yep. Um, so one of the things that I looked at doing was do, do you recall, becoming a. Do you recall about how much money you know? So out of those three hundred dollars a month, two hundred dollars about. Do you remember any of those numbers, profit wise? The the I remember the the top month was about twelve thousand dollars in revenue. Okay. And uh, back in the day, uh, buying from. Buying in small quantities, I could make about thirty points margin on it, which was actually pretty good. So it was about thirty yeah. percent off retail, about thirty percent margin. So it was a, it was a couple thousand dollars a month, uh, but also got to pay for the boxes, pay for the packing tape, pay for the sh- you know well, the, the shipping was part of that. But so it it yeah maybe maybe I made two thousand dollars a month at the end of the day. And there probably wasn't a road to kind of you know ten xing that, hundred xing that. It was kind of that was it. No. That was it. I mean, I definitely spend money on advertising and driving driving more traffic. But if I drove more traffic, then I've got to hire people to box stuff up, and that would probably be it for my margin, and it would be, you know, really tight. Yep. So one of the things that I switched to was uh, switched to becoming an Amazon affiliate. Okay. And so rather than uh, me shipping it, I just had instead of you know my buy link instead of adding it to the cart on my side, it just added it to an Amazon cart. Ah, okay. So now you're just, so it was completely just affiliate links at that point, but you were still running ads to the site. Correct. I was still driving a little bit of uh, display advertising to the site. Um, kind of hard in that space. There's not, uh, there weren't a whole lot of Christian themed websites that uh, ran display advertising, that you could run display advertising campaigns on. That was um, probably pre AdWords. Yeah, so you t- was, yeah. I, I think it was still. Um, before they bought AdWords, um, the name is eluding me right now. But it, you know, before Google bought them, and then before that, you need to even go to the individual sites and you know strike up a deal with each site, and uh, that alone was work. Yep. So, yep, and most of those deals where you had to give them, you know, five thousand dollars or something yep. like that, and maybe it got you three months, but no one would do a a one or two week trial to see how it worked because it was it was labor intensive for everybody in the entire process. It wasn't the the automation that we see today. Yep. And so, then I, uh, unfortunately, I don't, for those that have been in the uh, Amazon space a long time in California, Amazon uh, dropped all their affiliates 
back in the early 2000s because of tax issues. They didn't want to have to charge sales tax to their customers in California. So it was either charge sales tax or get rid of all your California-based affiliates. And uh, I was a California-based affiliate, and it was basically overnight, your business is done, you're gone, tough luck. Yep. But at this point, you still had your day job, so it was... You know, your side your side gig was basically wiped out, but at least you weren't, uh, you know, flat done at that point. Yeah, and that, that was very fortunate that doing particularly the affiliate portion of it made it easy to be able to do it as a side gig because I didn't have to spend the hours boxing, shipping, packing, returning emails, processing credit cards, all the all the day-to-day business I didn't have to do because Amazon was doing it. So then how it do you... definitely a, And then what did you spend your time on at that point? Or were you not spending that much time in the business? You were able to kind of just... Yeah, I really wasn't. I wasn't spending that much time on the business. I had a a full time job that was that was growing. You know, responsibilities there were growing, and trying to live my life. And nice having a little side gig that would affiliate revenue that would make you an extra fifteen hundred dollars a month uh, when you're in college and a young adult is uh, that's paying off debt money. Yeah, (laughs) and and if you're not doing any work, going from actually you know doing the pick and pack yourself to just having Amazon do it for you. Not the worst thing. It was. It was definitely. It was like, hey, this isn't bad. Yeah. You know, until it disappeared. Yeah, yeah. And then it sounds like you wanted to kind of move to the next thing from there. Yep. Um, so uh, through a couple of job transitions, I uh, had uh, on a fluke bought uh, the domain name whatismyipaddress.com. I was wow. doing some IT stuff, and I needed to know what my IP address was at the office, and. At that time, Google didn't answer that question for you. Yep. Uh, so I thought, ah, let me go out and buy a, buy a website to do this. And that was, uh, I think I launched that in 2000 with no intent of ever monetizing it, really no intent ever of putting content on it. Yep. Uh, but over the years, I started, you know, why, why is the hard drive getting full on this machine? It was run out of my house. And you bought that, and you bought that, no, you didn't buy it from someone. You just, no one was using it at the time, you just. Sorry for sale, and you know you have seven ninety nine or whatever it was. Just purchased it. And that was it. Yep, it was. Uh, wow. I bought it through. I think. Uh, gosh, who was it? Uh, uh, Network Solutions. Oh, I, think, yes. I think they charged you know eighty dollars a year or some yep. ridiculous by today's standards rate for a domain name, and you had to find your own DNS providers. Yep. And it was a it was a technology. Uh, you had to do a lot of technology to get a website up in those days. Yeah, buying a domain was not a such a trivial, you know, good to go, daddy, and put it in your shopping cart. It, it took some more, um, quite quite a lot more effort than today. Yep. Now, now it's for for good, for better, or for worse. It's very simple now, and even putting together a website now with WordPress or one of the other CMSs out there, it's yep. it's it's almost trivial to have a an online presence for your business in a matter of minutes. Yeah. So back in 2000, yeah, you kind of had the foresight to actually go out and find this and spin up the site and get it going. Yep. Okay. And uh, started running out of hard drive space on that machine. I couldn't figure out why. And a little bit of digging, I found out, oh, my gosh, there's there's lots of people visiting this website. <laughs> I, I got I to figure out what to do with this. That's, that's great. It was just happenstance. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, you know, started researching to uh, display ads and. And at that point, was there anything? Was the website doing anything at that point? Was it actually providing their IP address? All it did was show the IP address. That's it. Okay. That's it. There was there was no information. There was no what is an IP address. <laughs> there was no 
no learning, no education. Yep. Just the number showed up on the screen. Yeah, the the the, the internet in the early days, the bar was very low for you know what a website did. What is my IP address? Just gave your IP address. And the people that were coming to it were probably very happy with it. It was yep. doing exactly what they expected it to do. Yep. It went there and it gave them exactly what they were looking for. Yep. So yeah, then, so, uh, yeah, you started to actually deter. So then you started to look at. Did you have any idea what kind of volume you were getting back in the early days? What kind of traffic? Well, I mean, obviously, it started uh, from zero. It, it wasn't. It was maybe a few thousand page views a day. Okay. But uh, in those days, that was, you know, that was not a. That was a non-trivial amount of traffic. Yeah. Today's today, you, you can get a lot of traffic pretty quick with so many people on the internet. But at that time, it was, oh, wow, this is a this is a fair amount of traffic. I should. I should do something with it, yep. which, which led to the challenges of, okay, how do you monetize someone looking for their IP address? It's not uh, someone coming and saying, I want to buy a new computer. It's not someone, I'm, I'm looking to buy a phone or a car. They're just looking for information. How do you monetize that? Yep. And so that led me to uh, doing some research and finding out that there were companies that gosh, I would just put a little code on my website and, and they'll put a banner on a banner ad on there for me and, and pay me a percentage. I don't have to find people to advertise on the site. and uh, This is this is easy peasy. Yeah, and offload all the ad sales. And yeah, that's and that was early 2000s when this banner ads got their start. That's when they became, you know, the thing. Yeah. Yep. And it was easy. There was no, I didn't have, a, there was no support I had to offer. There was no product to ship. There was no inventory. Didn't have to pay anybody. It was just uh, small amounts of money coming into my bank account every month. Yeah. This is, this is great. <laughs> and uh, so I started trying to figure out, well, how, how do I, how do I grow this? Well, yeah. I got to put more information on the site. I got to tell people what, it, what is an IP address yep. and start educating people on, on things. And, uh, found, uh, you know, put a, uh, a, an email address on the site said, Hey, if you've got questions, email me. And so people started emailing me questions and I started answering them and using those as criteria, criteria for articles. Yep. And one of the things that people kept asking me was, Hey, I'm trying to access my computer at home one away from it. How do I do that? So this is very early con- content marketing. Very, very early days, you're talking now. Very, very early days. Yep. And I wasn't even thinking of running ads for the site or anything. It was just, hey, this is kind of fun. This is interesting. I'm making a little bit of money. Um, trying to answer some questions. Or, you know, Being a geek, that's kind of a, an easy thing to do. Um, and so people started, how do, I, how do I access my computer? I need to access my home computer while I'm traveling for work or at the office. How do I do that? I'm like, well, I don't know. Let me find out. And so there was a PC anywhere at the time. Yep. And uh, so I started uh, to find out that PC anywhere had an affiliate program that I could put a little link to my site, link on their link to their site on my site. Hey, if you're trying to figure out how to access your machine, you can buy this software. Hmm. I make a couple bucks. I'm like, hey, this is this is great. No inventory, no credit cards to process, no returns to process. Hmm. So now you're just. On top of the banners, you now you have another just affiliate link. Some people clicking on it still, you're talking hundreds of dollars a month? Yep, at that time it was hundreds of dollars a month. Yep. Uh, and then uh, over the years, we've just continued to uh, grow the site. 
Um, go to my PC became very popular and that was a great affiliate program. I was, uh, probably getting a, a number of sales a day at $10 commission per sale. Yep. And that was kind of the, wow, you can, you can really make some money doing affiliate sales. Okay. How do I, how do I, how do I continue to grow this? And, uh, over the years built out uh, quite a bit of tools on the site. The traffic has gone up to about, uh, I think as of last month, about 6 million people a month coming to the site from all over the world, wow. which, which has its own challenges. Um, it's easy to, it's, it's easy to monetize us traffic. Uh, international traffic becomes a little more difficult to monetize. Yeah. It's less targeted. So you're not just, you know, the U S advertisers might not even work in some of those different, um, geographies. So yeah, you need to almost find people per country and it just, it, there's a whole host of issues though when you start moving outside. Yeah. Yep, it became a, a you know, U.S. traffic was easy. You know, there's there's plenty of companies that you work work with in the U.S. to monetize traffic yep. uh, or monetize display. Uh, Google AdSense, with its advent in I think 2003, 2005, something like yep. that. Uh, I think I joined in 2006. Yep. Um, that became a again another one of those easy ways of okay, set it, forget it. I don't have to have a sales team trying to sell ad space on my site. I don't have to. It's just all automated, uh, which which makes it which makes it as a, an easy occupation when it's running in the background and it doesn't require your day to day attention. But how far into this, you know, where were you at when you said decided, okay, this is starting to like become my day job, and this is now my this is going to be my thing? What year were you at then? Um, at the point where. Uh, it was probably about seven years ago where I was making as much money on my side gig as from what is my com as I was making from my day job. Yep. And so it was like, okay, I can still kind of do both. And I wasn't sure that by quitting my day job, I'd actually be able to, to make that much more from what is my IP address. It was like, well, I'm sure some attention will make a little bit more money, uh, but I don't know that quitting my job will actually... I'll be able to double my revenue on the website by quitting my job. And this is 2010, 2011? This is uh, probably the 20, around 2012 or okay. so, 2010, 2012. Um, unfortunately, my, at that time, my, or unfortunately for them, my daytime job, they started struggling with the financial, in the financial crisis, and uh, they couldn't afford to keep me on full-time. Hmm. But they still wanted to keep running. They still wanted to run keep their business afloat and continue running. So they say, Hey, can you contract with us for 20 hours a week? And to me, that just happened to be like, Hey, yeah, I can do that. Yep. It's almost the perfect um, setup, right? With well, now you can, it, it, you can put a, totally you know, put a, put a toe in the pool, but not jump all the way in head first and try it and just see how it yes. fails. Yep. Exactly. So what might've at the moment seemed like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to pay my bills? That's the knee jerk reaction was that of like, Oh, I, I need to get a, I, no, I can't do that. I need to get a full-time job. And my wife and I talked about it. I thought, well, I'm, I'm making some money. I'm, I'm making decent money on the side business. And yeah, we're taking a pay cut because I'm not going to be working full-time for them anymore. But, you know, if I put 20 hours a week in on this, an additional 20 hours a week in on this, I might I might be able to grow this. Yep. And uh, so I did that for uh, with them off and on for a couple of years. They economy went up, economy went down. So my the hours with them, you know, at one point went back up to 40 hours a week. Uh, but in 2014, they were like, you know, we, we can't keep the doors open. 
And so at that point, it was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to jump in full time. And uh, it became my full time gig in 2014. Yeah, you hear that a lot with it. You have something else going on. And then, you know, you're, st- you're not ready yet, but there's just some, there's that catalyst and that's that little push you need to say, okay, it's either now or, you know, we're gonna, it could be five years from now. But like, this is the moment, let's just try it. And worst case, yeah. um, you were doing, you were in IT, you're in California, you could probably get another job. So it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be, if this doesn't work and you do this for six months and realize like, okay, this just isn't what I want to do. You know, you're, you're done. You can just get yeah. another job. Yeah. yeah. And that was, and that was what my wife and I talked about. We said, well, let, let's try it for a year and see how it goes. I, I hadn't worked from home before. I didn't know what it'd be like to, to sit in the house and hang out with the dog all day. It might get a little stir crazy or, you know, putting 40 hours in on the week on the website might not generate more revenue. It, you know, if it only makes 5% more at 40 hours a week, it's probably not worth it. It's better to go get a day job. Yep. Um, but like you said, I, if, if the company I was working for hadn't struggled, I probably wouldn't have made the leap myself. Yeah. You hear that so all, the, was, all the time, that exact setup. So It was that, that, that push that I needed, like, okay, I'm ready to do this. I'm going to try it. And it's, it's been a blast ever since. And having that extra time, that 40, 40 plus hours a week to work on has allowed me to really build much better relationships with my vendors because I'm available to talk to them. I can, you know, interact with them on a regular basis as opposed to, yeah, I've got 15 minutes on my lunch break where we can talk for a little bit or, you know, hammer out a few emails. Yeah, where you're in the stairwell and, you know, you're trying to get, take the call. Yeah. I, I've had a few days like that where it's like, well, I got a 15 minute break. Let me run outside, make a, Oh, I, I, I got to get back. I, <laughs> yeah. You're trying to make this professional call from the, you know, the car and the, you know, out in the, and someone's being, you know, next to you beeping. And you, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard yep. to be professional in those types of situations. So yep. it's, it, it's been a blast, uh, you know, so that making was, that transition. And that was what year? Uh, that was 2014. Okay. So 2014, that was the year that, you know, full-time work was done and this is what you're doing now. Yep, and so that's what is it? It's been four years. Wow, it's already been four years. So when you when you say it out, yeah, full time. Yep. When you say that loud, it sounds different. <laughs> yep. It's always ama- it's always amazing when you at the beginning when you say four years from now, it sounds so far away. But when you actually start doing it and you look back four years, you say, "Wow, this has already been four years. That's amazing." It it's always it it's different in reverse. Yep. Yep. So now, when you say you're talking with your vendors on a daily basis, and you know that's helping sales and affiliate incomes, what are you actually, who are you talking to and what do you, what do you kind of, what's your day look like? So when it comes to uh, my affiliate uh, relationships, they're mostly um, companies that are offering VPN services. Hmm. Uh, So if you're, uh, particularly in this day and age with net neutrality kind of going away and uh, people being paranoid, not so much in the U.S., but in a lot of countries, people are are really concerned about what their government is doing. Uh, They're you know, the, their internet is censored. They can't, you know, they can't get on YouTube. They can't get on Facebook. Yep. And uh, people want to have that kind of safety of knowing, okay, I want to be able to access the content that I want to be able to access, and, but I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> yep. Or or business travelers, you know, they're traveling abroad, and it's like, well, I I I don't want some sketchy hotel seeing what websites I'm going to, or you know some compromised network somewhere, maybe getting my bank account access. And you've also, you're on the hotel Wi-Fi, even in, you know, U.S. hotels, it's not, you know, now you're open, you're exposing yourself in a large hotel to everyone else mm-hmm. at that hotel. 
and even just pulling, you know, like you said, email or anything like that, uh, connecting back to the office. Um, a lot of people even hair your own VPNs and it helps yep. um, to protect yourself when you're traveling. I've even done that. So, yep. And so it's uh, VPNs have become a, a topic that uh, a lot of people these days know about. When I originally was starting to promote VPNs, it was maybe people looking to do a little more shifty things or people outside the U.S. trying to access Netflix and, yep. you know, content that they specifically couldn't in their own countries. But now it's uh, a lot of business people and just day-to-day people just not trusting the not trust not trusting the, the Wi-Fi at their local uh, coffee shop and not trusting the hotel that they're at, which is probably, you're probably good to be wary of those things. Yeah, and even I know um, back in the day, back in another life, I was in um, financial software, and that was a requirement uh, when you were traveling. You just, you ha- if you were doing anything um, business-related, you were on the VPN back of the office, yeah. and everything came out of the office IP, and you would actually want to find out what your IP address to make sure it was coming out of the office IP and not your you know, random hotel, wherever you were at the time. Yep. And that's, and, and honestly, that's a lot of the traffic that we see is the people that are like, they look at their IP address when they're on the, when they're on the Wi-Fi, they spin yep. up their VPN and they come back to the site and like, okay, I'm, I know my IP I'm address. I'm no yeah. on the coffee shop. I'm yep. now back in Southern California or I'm in some other country where I'd rather be. Yep. So <laughs> and, now you're uh, not showing that I'm on my Wi-Fi. So now you're spending time talking directly to like a VPN um, a, a VPN merchant, someone selling VPN software. And are you trying to get better terms with them or just kind of build the relationship? Or what do you kind of, what do you spend it, your time on? It's, it's all of that. They're more in touch with what their customers are looking for. And uh, they're, they're in touch with what the, uh, the current search phrases are that they're, that they're really converting well on. And every company converts on something a little bit better, different than the other ones. So some VPN might allow uh, peer-to-peer file sharing. And so working with them to develop content that talks about why their particular VPN is good uh, in conjunction with peer-to-peer file sharing, you know, working to build out that content, whereas someone else is, no, we're, we don't allow any peer-to-peer. We're looking more for business travelers and things like that. So building out content around what works for them and the natural sort of thing is as that relationship grows, you see better, better conversion rates, more sales. And uh, at that point, companies are more open to higher commission rates and things like that. Hmm. Generally, asking them up front, hey, give me more money. They're not going to do it. Well, why should we give you more money? We want to see, yep. see more value from yep. you. And so it's working on relationships like that. Hmm. So then... Let's say people that are sitting at home right now and they're listening and they say, it sounds great. I want to do this. You know, what do they, in terms of getting started and what sort of numbers are even in the realm of, you know, making this workable? Um, obviously, you char- is it a CPM you're charging for? Um, for oh. the, well, we do have CPM ads on the site. Okay. Uh, that run through a variety of networks, uh, Google AdSense, because I don't want to have a sales team. Uh, use Google AdSense, and then there's a, a, a newly emerging technology called header bidding oh. uh, that allows uh, a variety of other ad networks to compete against AdSense. Oh. So yeah. rather than just saying, hey, you get what you get, the fill rate's what the fill rate is, they're bidding against AdSense for that impression. 
Okay, so they're going on trying to shop around, and if AdSense wins, it displays AdSense. If they can, yep. if they can beat that CPM, they display their side. Yeah, and okay. then it falls back to there's the traditional falling back to someone who pays me, you know, three cents per thousand people or something, you know, silly like that. But yep, uh, it, but uh, you know, the CPM rates for U.S. traffic on certain pages of the sites uh, can be twelve, fifteen dollars per thousand impressions. Okay, um, so and that's all in display. Really, CPM. That, and that's just on display. Yep. The uh, most of the VPN relationships either work on a cost per action basis, uh, where it's a single action. So when they when they buy, there's a one time commission, and some of them work on a, a renewal commission basis. And so renewal. So, of, oh, sorry, go on. I kind of personally like that because I think it puts me as the website owners uh, puts my interest more in tune with what the partners with the, what the VPN partners interest is in they're looking to retain customers for years not to get a single sale and then the client disappears you know that so those, so what it, kind of that renewal basis is you get a, a commission on the sale and then every month or every year that that customer renews with them you then get a, a recurring commission in perpetuity in perpetuity in some wow. cases okay. yes. hmm so, so if, if I'm really building them good quality, building, helping them build a great quality customer base, it could be five years worth of commission off of a single sale. And that also kind of, you know, the more of those you get, you kind of start laying your foundation. Um, so you don't have as many, you still have the bumps, but they're not as aggressive. Um, you, you know, you have a base of X every month and, you know, that's coming in no matter what. And then you can start looking to the display and maybe have a good month, maybe not so much, but at least you have that base. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the, one of the reasons why I like that model is that, look, you know, Google shifts their, their search engine results around. I might, you know, I've been lucky. I haven't had any significant hits based on algorithm changes, but, uh, you know, get on any of the webmaster websites and you know that... Yep. Google can change the algorithm and you can lose 30%, 50%, or even 100% of your Google search traffic overnight. And knowing that there's this tail of revenue coming in, at least there's a little bit of sense of, I don't know, security is probably not the right word, but at least there's... Consistency. If the, rev, if the traffic disappeared tonight, there's yep. at least revenue coming in for some period of time, yep. which makes figuring out what to do next or how to deal with it a little bit less stressful. Yeah. And now, when you said there's never been any um, hits with Google, I know at one point they started significant. showing... Significant. Significant, okay. So when they started saying, you know, when they started displaying their IP address, was that any change to you? Because I know now if you ask Google, it does come back with a response. But you show up in yes. the top... You know. In the top, whatever it is, depending on where you are, where it's yep. been personalized. Yep. Uh, initially, I thought that was going to be the death of my business. Mm, okay. Wait, when um, was that? It's probably been five or six years now. It's that so, was one of the first knowledge graph response things that they did. So was starting it, to show the IP address. So was that before you left your full time job? Yes, that was before I left my full time yeah. job. Okay, so that so, did, it was, yeah. so it was at least four years ago. Okay, yeah. so that at least uh, I guess dulled dulled the uh, the impact of that a little bit, or was it still like a wake up and oh wow. It, it was a little nerve-wracking at first, just regardless, because I thought, oh, my goodness, I could, even if it's side business, it was still, you know, you never want to lose your side gig. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it was actually going to be a, a pretty horrific uh, thing, 
but it really probably only hit traffic maybe five or ten percent. Wow. Okay. Maybe fifteen percent. And there's a couple of reasons for that. I yeah. think some people were very, they wanted, they didn't know what their IP address was, and they were looking more for the geographic feedback of the map that we have on the site. Yep. And Google doesn't tell you where that where they think that IP address is. Here's a number, and you're like, well, is that one mine, or is that someone else's? I don't know. Yep. Um, and then for the people that really were just looking for the number, those were the people that would hit my site and leave without ever clicking on an ad anyway. Okay, so it might have lowered the, the actual page view slightly, but not the, you know, the revenue that went with it. So the profitable customers still came, they hung around the site, they wanted to know, dig a little deeper, but the people that were just bouncing, it might have actually helped you a little bit there. Yeah, it definitely helped. If, you, if, you, if I look back at my analytics for the time, uh, definitely the page views per visit increased because of that. Yep. So the people that would have, you know, just hit and gone, they're gone, yet the people that are still remaining are the ones that are engaging with the site. So I think ultimately, again, one of those things that at the time it looks like it's going to be, oh, this is, this is going to be bad, it, it turned out to actually be uh, a beneficial thing. Yeah, and I can imagine, and I'm just uh, guessing here, but the affiliate probably makes up a much larger chunk of the monthly revenue than the, than the, the display. So the display would... It's actually the other way around. Oh, really? Uh, unfortunately, display is the larger portion of the revenue. Oh. And it's a, it's, it's a little bit different. If you, if you were to compare my site to, let's say, one of the VPN shopping sites out there, Okay. Um, they're probably going to have a – they're not running display on their websites, but their um, conversion rates are going to be significantly higher because someone's a different place in the shopping cycle. Yep. If you're going to a VPN comparison site, you've already made the decision, I'm going to buy a VPN. I just need to make my decision as to which. Uh, the people that are coming to my site are probably, a lot of them aren't even aware that VPNs exist. And so there's a bigger education cycle that has to happen. Okay. So I'm catching people early, significantly earlier in the shopping phase of, oh, a VPN? What's that? Oh, yep. that's kind of interesting. As opposed to, I'm ready to buy, I'm just looking for a coupon code. Okay. Interesting. I did not see that coming. <laughs> so now, in just kind of in general terms, CPMs, just so people can kind of, and I ask because people probably sit in there thinking like, how many pages would I need to be able to make a go of this? And everyone's, you know, 6 million, obviously that's a lot. But like, people are trying to figure out, okay, do I need 1,000? Do I need 10,000? Like, basically, at what point they could get enough pay views to replace their income? I guess it's probably, that's probably the basic question people ask in their head. What kind of average CPM rates and just kind of so people can start triangulating into what they would need to do? Uh, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the typical webmaster responses. It Perfect. depends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And while no one wants to hear that, that, that really is the answer. Yep. Um, What's it depend if, on? If, if your website is talking about people that are immediately, you're talking about you're comparing VPNs as a good example. Yep. Even if you're running display ads, the people seeing those display ads, they're ready to buy. They're at a different point in the shopping cycle. Um, whereas people looking at an IP address, you're coming to get what is my IP address, they're not looking for anything. And yep. so it's a matter of, can this banner ad catch their attention on something that they might be interested in? Um, so it, it really depends on the 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 topic of the site and the context that whatever that topic is in 
and then the amount of traffic. Yep. Obviously, U.S. traffic is always going to be better than uh, Argentina, yep. you know, Central America, things like that. Um, usually the, t- the top ones are U.S., U.S., U.K., Australia, Canada, New Zealand. And you can sometimes throw in like Israel and South Africa in there. Yep. Outside of those countries, it can be really hit and miss. Even with good advertise, even with good ad networks, it can be really hit and miss on being able to get good CPMs. What would you consider is a good CPM versus what would be a, you know, what's the range of good on one side and just super low on the other that you've seen? Um, I have worked with ad networks that for um, they call it run of site traffic. So it's kind of after everyone else has kind of taken their shot at the inventory, I was getting paid five cents per thousand. Five cents. Okay. Wow. So for a thousand ad views, I made five cents. Yep. Again, that's a lot of. I have a, a very international audience, and so that's probably not indicative of what most people would see. I think when you're talking U.S. audiences, um, for a site where there's interest in a specific topic, and that's a monetizable topic, you're talking about uh, a topic where there's products, there's services surrounding it. Um, probably a dollar per thousand is probably on the low side. Okay. Um, I do have some pages on my site for certain traffic segments get in the 50 to $20 per thousand. Wow. Okay. So that's now, a... I, I wish it was that way for all 6 million visits, but yep. uh, the reality is the reality is that's not the case. Yeah. And a lot of times the remnant is in remnant was the term you used, right? On the, uh, yes. Yep. So basically when you can't go out or you can't sell it or, you know, no other display network can sell that that spot on the page. It goes to Remnant, and at least you're making those five cents. But everyone's shooting for that, you know, yeah. fifteen dollars CPM, twenty dollars CPM um, of those super targeted, you know, yeah. those users that there's intent and they're going to click, they're going to buy, and everyone wants you know that right there. Yeah, and, and so honestly, what I've done periodically and what I'm currently doing is there is a minimum threshold that if I can't hit a CPM rate, I'd rather show no ad. Oh, okay. I'd rather have a better, I'd rather have a, the person have a better experience on the site with no ads than, oh, gee, I made an extra dollar today. Yep. I'd rather have, you know, a few thousand visitors or 10,000 visitors see one less ad or no ads and then be happy about that, then me make a couple of cents. There's, there's some, there's a th- I think you're wise yeah. to, cons- to consider user experience versus revenue on everything that you do. Yep. I mean, people like pop-ups and uh, pop-ups and slide overs and all these kind of exotic ads can, can pay 20, 30, 40, $50 per thousand impressions. But my personal experience is if I go to a site and there's a, a slide over, I don't go back to that site unless I have to. Well, and there's some things so where there's always an exchange. And Google stopped, you know, as some of those yeah. have come and gone, Google's and penalized people. So kind of staying out of that, you know, bad side of the playground, it um, probably kept you insulated from some of these hits school has made over the years um, and allow you yeah. to kind of stay in where some other people were just going for the cash grab have kind of yeah. got knocked down by Google. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, over the course of the business, made decisions to, I'm going to make less money. Yep. Because... I'm always I'm, I'm trying to think of what's what's the long game here. Yep. If I want the site to stay popular, I want to stay high in the rankings. I need to provide as good of or better service than my competitors and have a less intrusive ad experience than hmm. them. Have you found anything with ad blockers and all that? I know that's a 
a hot topic right now. Everyone's saying it's, you know, killing their ads. And have you found anything where that's affecting you or do you not track that or not notice? I, I've run some products that are supposed to be able to kind of track that because um, it's kind of hard to track yep. something that doesn't happen <laughs> um, consistently and accurately. Yep. Um, at the time that I ran it, I think it was maybe 15 to 20% of the traffic was blocking ads. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't necessarily equate that to a 15 or 20% drop in revenue, though. Yes. Um, because I'm sure that a lot of those people who choose to block ads are people that would never click on the ads to begin with. And that's one thing I've heard that, you know, the people run, these are, these are the geeks that probably aren't, you know, I, I, I might run an ad block every once in a while, but kind of the nerds like myself mm-hmm. might not be the ones clicking on some of the ads in the first place anyway. And we might be the ones that come to the site and just bounce that weren't really helping in the first place. Yeah. So I, I'm not convinced that, yep. uh, at least for me that it is, I mean, I've got a pretty techie audience to begin with. Yep. Um, so, and because of the international, there's a lot of reasons that the ads actually on my site perform probably considerably worse than most people uh, would experience. Hmm. A lot of reasons for that. Um, but I agree. I don't, I, I think at least, I, I don't think ad blockers are as bad of a thing as, as people are making them out to be. Um, the more intrusive your ads are, yeah, the, the more it's going to impact you. But that's the reason why people are blocking your ads, because they're intrusive. Well, and that's the thing. People have gone to the sites where there's just ads loading, and it literally slows down the page to a point of, it's almost, there was a, uh, a weather set I remember I'd always visit, mm-hmm. and it just made it so it was loading in like eight, nine seconds, the page. And it just got to a point of like, this is just difficult going to the page. So the ad block is for that. It's more just improving your own experience, and not about not seeing yeah. the ads, just you need the page to load. And, you know, having some... Um, Random display network stop the entire pa- this entire rendering. It kills the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's where website owners have to make a conscious decision of: Am I chasing money, yep. or am I actually trying to provide a service that I'm trying to monetize? Because what I, what I see is, uh, you know, I, I CPM rates on ads in general have been trending down for probably the last ten years. Yep. Uh, at least that's what I see from a lot of people talking about AdSense and you know, some of the the larger networks. And so the, their general solution is, well, let me just add another ad to the page, yep. which then drives down the rates even more. Let me add another page. And soon you've got a, a paragraph of content with 16 ads surrounding it. And how does that, how does that benefit anybody? Yep. What was, the, um, what was the website where they sold pixels for a dollar or something like that? And it literally was the just mil- a... The million pixel website. Million dollar, million like dollar homepage. There it was. Yeah, the million dollar homepage. They were paid links. Yes. They were paid links. And it was <laughs> it was actually just a webpage that all it was is ads. And uh, yep. that, that was the best example. They, they, just went the, they just went the other way and said, we'll just make the whole website ads. Forget it. And they did well, <laughs> and <I> but... <laughs> yeah, and so it was basically people buying... Well, that was probably before the days where buying links was a penal, penalized sort yep. of thing. So they were basically buying links to their sites. Yep, and there was one point where they sold a million, and he said, "I'm done. That's it." And yeah, it's a very interesting, uh, a very interesting model. And if you can get attention to it, you can make a million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> quickly too. He made it. In, it was in days, but wow. Yeah. So okay, 2018. Um, you've been working on this full time for years. Um, where do you see things going from here? What's kind of where do you see things in the next four or five, ten years from here? 
Um, you know, honestly, in the, in the last year or two, things are starting to level off, uh, at least in my business. So I'm looking for ways to uh, ways to branch out into other topics, other websites, other content, which I can monetize through similar means. So that's part of my thought process. Like, okay, here's a topic I'm interested in, or I know people that are interested and we can provide valuable content. Are there affiliate programs associated with this type of industry? If there aren't, it's a little. It's going to be a little bit harder. But trying to think of things where okay, there's there's an opportunity here. I see this industry becoming popular in the next couple of years. Looks like there's going to, there's probably going to be some affiliate programs there. So let's start building out the site now. Produce great quality content. Keep the ad number of ads low. Build an audience, and then work to build in uh, affiliate programs as they become available in that industry. And you kind of see the same model of building a site, building traffic, building an audience, um, and then monetizing through affiliate. That's yeah. That's still going to work, you know, next five ten years. I hope so. Yeah. If not, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, but there's no indicators of that slowing down now. That type of the affiliate is still yep. People are still buying things. There's still value to merchants to have someone. Uh, uh, Merchants don't want eyeballs. Promote, promoting their products, yep. uh, talking about their products. That's that's as long as products are being are going to be sold. Having someone pitch your product is always going to be of value to a merchant. Yep. So the goal is just get in front of more people and show them the the products they may want at that time. And merchants provide a little cut, and there's no work involved. There's no returns. Uh, you know, putting bibles in boxes. It's just yep. You know, generating more content, generating more uh, pages. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very different industry than e-commerce in a sense. Yep. Uh, e-commerce, you're trying to figure out how do I how do I eke a little bit more margin out? How do I sell more? Um, gee, if I switch from FedEx to UPS, I might be able to save 10% on my shipping or 5% on my shipping costs. Or uh, I guess if you're doing free shipping, you have to you're you're losing less of your margin to your shipping costs. Do I outsource my warehouse to some yep. state where it's cheaper to run my warehouse? There's, there's a lot of the e-commerce with product. There's a lot of uh, infrastructure costs that you have to think about that are very different than than affiliate relationships. Yeah, and that's a good way of looking at it where you're focusing on a slice of the business where um, that piece of you know e-commerce sites still, you know there is all that, the business side, but they also need to drive traffic. Um, and without yeah. that, they you know it's not going to work. And you're focused very much on that piece. So you drive traffic, monetize it through affiliates, so the whole warehousing, returns, custom, that, you know, that's kind of obscure, that's kind of moved out of your court, and you get to focus on mm-hmm. that traffic piece and how you can do that um, to the best of your ability. Yep, and I probably ultimately make less margin because of that, but I'm reducing the risk. Yep. Uh, the, the e-commerce company, they look at it as part of their marketing budget in the sense of, hey, we we're going to spend, we're willing to spend 10% of our profits or 10% of our, our net or gross revenue to go towards marketing. If this guy will give us traffic, we'll pay him the 10% or the 5% or the 2% or whatever it is. Hmm. Yep. I like it. All right, Chris, I think that was, uh, that was very helpful. I think people are going to think of the story of moving from products into affiliate very interesting one it um you don't hear that very often but it's it's pretty neat so thank you for that
You're very welcome. It's been a it's been a fun transition, and I'm looking to see what the the next five or ten years holds. Yeah, if people want to get in touch with you, where can they? I mean, I'm guessing um, on what is my But how can people get in touch with you? Absolutely, people can visit uh, what is my If you've got uh, privacy safety questions, you can email me directly at chris at what is my I'd love to uh, have a conversation and see what I can do to help you out. Awesome. It was great talking to you, Chris. Great talking to you as well. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.